Welcome to BRSN's Amped, a podcast seeking to amplify the voices and highlight the experiences of underrepresented athletes at Cornell University. Each season of Amped is dedicated to the stories and perspectives of a different social identity group and their intersection with athletics. And this season, season two, is devoted to the experiences of female student athletes on our campus and beyond. Welcome to this episode of season two of BRSN's podcast, Amped. We're your hosts, Ashton and Annika, sitting alongside two extraordinary Cornell athletes. Today, we welcome Mia Kiramoto and Sydney Moore to share their experiences as female athletes here at Cornell. We will also get to hear a little bit about women of color in athletics here at Cornell and voice in sport as these two women are active members. All right, so we're going to go ahead and get started. With me and Cindy, can you guys introduce yourselves, um, maybe your team major, where you're from, um, just some other general information so our audience can know who you guys are? I'll go first. Um, so hi, everyone. I'm Mia Kuramoto. I'm a senior um, in the College of Arts and Sciences studying American Studies. Um, I'm a member of the women's track and field team at Cornell. I specialize in pole vaulting. Um, and yeah, I grew up just north of Ithaca in Lansing, New York. So I'm a local. Hi, everyone. I'm Sydney Moore. I'm a sophomore on the women's volleyball team at Cornell. I'm also in the College of Arts and Sciences, and I'm studying psychology, and I'm a middle blocker on the volleyball team. And I live in San Diego, but I grew up on the East Coast, so Ithaca isn't completely foreign to me either. All right. So I guess our next question will be um, if you guys want to tell us a little bit about like your introduction to college athletics and what your process was like, the recruiting process, why you decided to pursue college athletics, um, how that went for you, especially at Cornell. Um, I guess we can do Mia first and then send me again, just so we're not talking over each other. But yeah. Yeah. So the recruiting process, it feels like so long ago <laughs> at this point. Um, but yeah, for me, I think things started to get real. This sophomore, junior in high school, I started receiving like letters from from coaches that were interested. And um, I definitely, you know, I started track in seventh grade. So I didn't go into it with like the mindset of like, yeah, I'm going to be a college athlete. Um, but yeah, that's when it started to get real. And I was like, okay, this is this is a possibility. Um, so I started thinking seriously about, you know, where I might want to attend college um, junior year. You know, you start sending out all the emails to coaches and, you know, tell, with, with track, at least you can kind of just give them, you know, your PR. So it's not like you have to show them paper or anything. So they can kind of see the mark and be like, okay, we like what we see um, and go from there. So for me, I, um, growing up here, like I spent a lot of time on campus at Cornell, my brother. Uh, it was class of 2020. My mom came here for grad school, so very much a Cornell family. Um, so it was always kind of in the picture and something um, that I was like, yeah, I think I want to go to Cornell. Uh, so it helped make my decision a little easier. Um, but definitely like, yeah, I was communicating with coaches junior year, you know, moving into summer of senior, uh, right before senior year. Um, yeah. Yeah, so my college recruiting process was also pretty different. Um, I played basketball my entire life um, and then started playing volleyball my freshman year of high school. So my recruiting process was definitely a little different than most volleyball players. Um, and then I moved from New Jersey to California, and that's when I really started taking volleyball more seriously. 
volleyball is a lot bigger in California. So I had a few more opportunities um, to play and show film. And then, of course, for volleyball, it's all play. I mean, you know, track, it's so nice. You can do your PR, but volleyball, it's really a lot of camps, um, sending film to coaches and then just hoping that they'd come and see you play. So my sophomore through the end of my junior year was really just a lot of um, talking to coaches and figuring things out. Um, and then when it comes to Cornell, um, Cornell had seen me play earlier on in my sophomore year and just kind of reached out and, you know, I went on my visit and I really had a great time. Um, and then, of course, choosing Cornell was just how awesome the campus is and my teammates, but then also just being back on the East Coast. So being able to see my family and friends at my games was like a huge thing for me. And when did you move to San Diego from the East Coast? Like, was it something recent before Cornell? So this was kind of like a homecoming almost? Yeah, it was right before I committed to Cornell. So I moved um, going into my junior year of high school. Oh, okay. Okay, cool. So I don't know. I'm sure both of you know, actually, but this year is the 50th year of women's athletics at Cornell. Um, so we just kind of want to hear from each of you what this means to you and also like what you see or what you hope to see in the future for Cornell women's athletics? Yeah, for sure. I mean, one of the big things about this, one of our goals, uh, goals is that girls drop out of sports at a rate two times faster than boys and starting at age 14. So for girls in sports, just getting here is such a big deal. So many girls start sport and then get discouraged and stop playing. Um, so I think having girls playing sports at the D1 level and then add an Ivy, I mean, that's amazing. And I think seeing that representation, I mean, I remember watching like in middle school and high school, watching girls in college at the schools that I wanted to play at. And that gave me all the motivation, right? So, you know, they can do it and we can do it 50 years later. Like, I mean, imagine a hundred years from now, what Cornell athletics is going to look like. Yeah, I, I agree. It's kind of crazy to think that it's only been 50 years. <laughs> like that just seems like such a short amount of time. So being part of being part of Cornell Athletics and, and getting to continue on to that legacy um, is really special. And, you know, having grown up here too and being a part of the local community, but also part of the, the Cornell community and Cornell Athletics community. Um, it's like, I forget sometimes how much like Cornell and, you know, academics and athletics inspires the local youth. Um, so what it means to you know, go to a game, go to a meet. Um, and I think that's just something that's so special. So kind of giving back to our community and, you know, showing that representation that women belong on the pitch, they belong on the track, they belong on whatever, you know, <laughs> facility it may be. Um, and that those opportunities are out there and that it is possible. Um, that's something that's definitely very important to me um, in, in making sure women and, and young girls know that they belong here. That's awesome. I really think it's crazy when you think about it, that it's only 50, 50 years. Um, but as you guys are saying, hopefully the future is bright and it'll soon be, you know, 100 years from now and it'll be 150 and it'll be, you know, it'll continue to grow and um, expand. So I guess kind of going off of the community of women um, at Cornell and, you know, for athletics, I know you guys are both active members of WACA, which for the viewers don't know, it's the Women of Color in Athletics. Um, so maybe you guys could share a little bit more about what that organization um, is and does and, you know, what your experiences have been so far as a member of WACA for the past year. 
Yeah, when I think of Waka, I really just think of community. Um, going into my freshman year, it was super awesome to have that community right away of not only athletes, but women. And then you just take it a step further when you think of women of color. Um, it's just so nice to have people like you that might have had similar experiences. Um, and then, of course, Waka is doing like the big events like the the Black Lives Matter. It's like our, our March, our campus event that was in October last year. But for the most part, our meetings are really just like community and having a space to talk and just kind of joke around and have that lightness that you might not have on your team. There's girls in Waka who are the only woman of, woman of color on their athletic team, um, and that brings its own stress. So Waka is really just a safe haven for all of us. And it's just also super great to you know see those posts of a oh, volleyball has a game today or being able you know to text one another and give that support. Yeah, I think that for me personally, um, Waka has given me new friends and new people on, on other teams. Um, the track team is a really big team. So sometimes um, just to like get to know everyone on my own team is like a kind of a pretty big task. So getting to, to meet people through Waka and to branch out to other teams. And um, I've gone to a few women's soccer games already this season. And so that's been fun to be like, oh, I know them, like, yeah, <laughs> and kind of cheer them on. I'm excited for volleyball and like for other sports and stuff as the year goes on, especially now that um, sports are back. So um, with everything, because Waka was created during COVID, um, obviously a lot of our activities have been restricted via Zoom, um, but I'm really excited for, for this coming semester. And uh, we literally just had an info session with a few freshmen and just seeing them connect already and you know share snapchats and get excited about being part of this group uh was something that was really special so um i'm, I'm really looking forward to that and also i'm i'm on eboard for for waka i'm the community outreach um chair so this summer i've been working a lot um to create a youth mentorship program that um will create the opportunity for waka members at cornell to mentor um local youth student athletes of color that are, that identify as women. Um, so that will be starting hopefully within this month, actually, we have our first meeting for that. Um, so I'm really excited to connect with, with the girls at Ithaca High School um, and to, again, be leaders for them so that they can become leaders for, you know, the middle schoolers, the elementary schoolers that, you know, look up to them too, so. No, I think that's awesome. And I hopefully you can convince some of them to uh, come come play sports at Cornell because we uh, definitely love the Ithaca representation. Um, but I guess moving on or not really moving on since we it's within this line of questioning, but we know you both are members also of Voice in Sport. Um, so we know that also has become more and more popular over the past year, especially through the use of social media and with COVID. Um, so we, for the audience as well, want to know a little bit more about voice and sport. What is it they do as a group? Um, what are their values? And then if you guys have any specific experiences through voice and sport with like what you do there or how they've, how they've helped you or, or provide like instilled some values in you, we'd love to hear. Yeah. So I got involved with voice and sport about two years ago now going into my freshman year at Cornell. Um, and they're actually, um, they're a, a company, an advocacy company for female athletes. Um, and it was honestly just amazing. The first thing I did for them was write um, like a little, I guess like a testimonial about being um, a black athlete, a female black athlete um, 
and that's like on the Instagram and everything. But I think that goes to show what voice in sports all about. It's about giving a voice to female athletes. Um, and then of course, like we do that through mentorship, through um, media. So we have, you know, college athletes writing articles for other college athletes. Um, through expert access, we have like sports psychologists that can meet with the girls and give them, you know, sports psychology tips, or we have nutritionists that do that as well. Um, and then of course, advocacy. So talking about Title IX, which is super important when we talk about Cornell and 50 years of women's athletics. So that's kind of what Viz does in a short cap. Um, but um, we've also just worked on just, I guess, talking about women in sports, trying to get more um, viz. That's like what we literally talk about, like visibility in women's athletics. Uh, so, yeah. Yeah, my introduction to kind of viz was um, with last, last fall, there was um, an initiative to get all student athletes registered to vote. Um, so, I know, yeah, Sydney also helped with that too, but we attended, uh, we partnered with Cornell Votes on campus, attended some of their um, training, and we spoke to sports teams on campus um, and talked to them about, you know, having beyond just registering to vote, but having a voting plan, especially with COVID and everything. Um, it was a lot, I guess, more normalized to, to get mail-in votes. Um, so even if you were, you know, you lived, <laughs> across the country, you could still get your mail-in ballot. Um, so that was something that was really special to be a part of because on um, social media too, like Viz was posting a lot about different colleges across the country and you know what they were up to and you know what percentage of teams were fully registered to vote or had a voting plan. Um, so getting to, to go to use sports to impact people beyond just athletics um, was, was really cool. Um, but yeah, everything they put out is just really inspiring. Uh, and the community of women that they have is pretty impressive too. Like they have lots of Olympians now and you know, people from the high school, college to, to that professional level. And I know you both said that Waka provided like a really great community in the sense that you were able to uh, meet all these different people on different teams and kind of share your common experiences. Would you say that this is similar or would you say that this is more of like a mentorship program um, or that it is as tightly knit? Or would you say that it's even more diverse um, and you can learn from maybe different experiences? How would you compare the two communities? I think it's definitely different because just because we're not all the Viz athletes go to the same school. So a lot of the things that might arise in the WACA meeting aren't going to be the same that will come up in a Viz mentorship session or a one-on-one. -on -one. Um, but what's really, I do think Viz is just, it's just different because Viz does connect you with all these other athletes. So, I mean, I'm a volleyball player. One of the best um, college volleyball players in the last few years is Catherine Plummer. And I had the opportunity to do a group session with her through mentorship. And I am a Viz mentor, but I still sign on on these like these mentorship um, sessions. And I was able to talk to Catherine about, hey, like, what are your tips for my freshman year? What are some things I should work on? Or, hey, I'm really anxious about this aspect of my game. And I was able to get pretty much one on one advice in this small group, which is really unheard of in female sports. And I think that's kind of what Walk is trying to do too with the Ithaca like partnership with mentoring. Um, so that's that was my favorite thing about Viz. That's what really drew me in. Um, but I also think that's just what makes female athletics special. Like most um, 
females in sports were so excited to see like, oh, you're another athlete too. Oh, where do you play? What do you play? And stuff like that. And that's kind of what biz is. Um, and when you go on biz, you see all the profiles, you see um, the league members who are like the mentors, you see the experts, and then you just see um, just the members, just like our team members and everyone that's involved in biz. And you get to read their bio and see their goals and see their pictures. And so it's just this whole nationwide kind of um, group that you have. And I think that that's so special too with um, at least my philosophy on mentorship and the idea that like there's always someone that you look up to, but then there's always someone who looks up to you. And no matter what level that is, um, like you can empower anyone. So having that where it's like, okay, like we're mentoring younger kids, but we also still look up to these athletes and kind of having that and even like within your own teams um i think you know freshmen are, are very impressionable and they're excited to be here and nervous so being a leader for them and helping them navigate the world of academics and athletics at cornell is something um that's really beneficial to them yeah i think i think it's awesome too that you're kind of bringing that now into cornell's community and the ithaca community um and kind of almost collaborating those two different groups into one kind of joint experience um and both of their missions are very cool and you know stand for a lot of why we're doing this podcast in the first place just to shine kind of more um, visibility on women athletes so i think those are two great um programs that hopefully listeners can now know more about and follow i think into the future uh, we wanted to move on and just hear a lot more about your guys's kind of upcoming season and ask some more individual questions. So Sydney, I'm going to start with you. Um, I know last year you were kind of a COVID freshman. I don't know if that's like, that's a term or not, but I think it should become one. Um, so what has it been like, you know, the pa- over the past year, trying to bond with your teammates and get familiar with your team, not being able to play games and how has that kind of transitioned into this year? I know you have already started playing together. So how's it been going? And i um, just curious to hear about kind of what that was like and how it's how improved, hopefully for this year. Yeah, it's definitely been a weird couple of months, but I definitely wouldn't treat it for anything. I think I learned a lot in the last couple of of months, especially last year, number one, just taking, not taking sport for granted, not taking your teammates for granted. Um, my, I guess my high school career ended pretty abruptly with club. We had one tournament and then it was just over. And then I didn't play a real game again in a jersey until this past Friday. So that just kind of goes to show that you always want to be working hard and, and having fun. Um, And then as for the Cornell experience, it was just, it was really weird, but in a weird way, it was kind of a blessing um, having that extra year to kind of prepare. And we're just so lucky that the NCAA gave us that year um, that we can use later on to keep playing. Um, But it was really just about practice and getting better once Cornell, um, you know, said that it was safe for us to start practicing and getting in the gym. It was a lot of one-on-one work, getting to know our team dynamics, getting to know our system of play. Um, And I really had a great opportunity to know my class and the classes above me and kind of build that trust, which I definitely think showed in our games this weekend, we had our first tournament. Um, And then as for this upcoming season, we're super excited. The games went pretty well over the weekend. We were two and one and the one that we did lose, we're gonna use that as a learning opportunity. Um, And then the freshmen coming in, they've come into a team that's eager and ready to play. You know, no one's tired. No one's like just 
you know, super sore. Anyone that had an injury was able to recover from that and come back this season. So we're really excited for the year. I'm excited for you guys too. I think everyone is ready for some sports to be back. Thank um, you. For, yeah, viewers and everything. And I guess personally, do you have any goals for yourself for this season? I mean, coming back, do you have anything that you're striving for or just looking forward to play? I mean, who doesn't want to be like an All-American or Player of the Year? But I think my my real goal is just to do the best I can. I've talked a lot with my coaches about just, you know, contributing what I can to the team. Um, you know, as a middle, you always want to be getting blocks and good touches um, for the defense behind you. As a hitter, you always want to be making smart plays, keeping your team in a rhythm. So that's what I'm really focusing on. And then, you know, every day we're thinking about the Ivy League championship and getting to the NCAA tournament. So that was, you know, a big deal for me, you know, wanting to come to Cornell and getting that Ivy League championship. So that's always in the back of my mind. And Mia, similarly, we know that you've also now been off for a year and a half, um, now had like, what, like two, three seasons canceled, seeing as track likes to take up the whole year a lot of times. Um, so for this upcoming season, which will be in the winter for you, what are, what are your goals and how has quote unquote normal practice been going, um, being able to be with the entire team again? Um, how do you think that like your mindset has changed over the past year and a half? Um, just give us a little insight into like what's going on in in your head while you're preparing for this upcoming season. Yeah. So my (laughs) journey, I guess, is a little different. Um, with, with everything that has happened in the past year, um, with COVID, like the spring was a really tough time to stay motivated and to, you know, powering, power through really tough workouts, you know, on the slope or, you know, various things and to keep that sense of community within our team. Um, so actually this fall, I decided to take some time off from training. Um, so I'll be, I'm still a member of the team. I'm still an athlete. Um, but I'm going to be doing it in a different capacity. So um, my plan is, is to take the time I need to readjust to normal, <laughs> normal life, normal classes, being back in person, um, getting where, to where I need to be mentally and physically um, before I can add track back into the mix. Um, but I guess my goal to shift it in the sense that um, it is my senior year, so it is my last hurrah. Um, but I, I'll be helping out with the team probably starting this coming week um, at practices because we're down a coach because um, uh, Coach Byron left to, to coach at Vanderbilt. So um, there's I've, I've gone to a few practices already and there's like 60 jumpers and sprinters with two coaches, which is a lot of people. Um, so I'm definitely excited to, to really get to know our freshmen this year and also our sophomores who I didn't necessarily get to know as well as I'd like to um, last year and really just welcome them into the team um, and be there to support them because the transition to to college athletics isn't one that's easy. Um, It can be very intimidating, you know, walking in and seeing people who have been doing this for years and, you know, are know what, know what's going on, (laughs) have been lifting, you know, all these things and, and feeling like you're drowning. Um, So yeah, I, I, I'm not done with college athletics by any means, but for now I'm taking some time for myself and, you know, with everything in the news too about Simone Biles and Naomi Osaka, like, you know, if they can take a break, so can I <laughs> um, to take care of myself. So I guess that's my, my message to people that sometimes, you know, it's more productive to, 
to take a step back and to to be ready to go and like when you're able to fully commit um but until then yeah i'm still going to be involved with the team and i'm still going to be out there um supporting everyone no yeah i think that's great i think that's a, a really important message that people need to hear is that it is like a hundred percent okay and it is important to be prioritizing your mental health and your physical health um over over competing right now um and i'm glad that you have that giant support system and that you can like still come to practices and you have that team to lean back on because um i mean i know i know personally and i know you guys the pole vaulters and the sprinters and jumpers are so tightly like knit i know that it's a very supportive system and i know it's a big family so i'm i'm really glad that you have that group of people um to lean on um and I guess moving on from that, I know that track is a very collaborative sport in the sense that the men and men's and women's teams are very like intertwined and they practice together a lot of times um, and that they are very friendly with each other. Um, so I guess to round out all of the topics that we've been speaking about, how do you think that this intermingling and this, this close knit community of both men and women has impacted your experience as a woman in athletics? I think that there are probably pros and cons to both training separately and then also co-ed um but I've found that within like the jump squad um we've we've experienced it kind of both ways where we've had to split up and like you know work all together um but for the most part I really enjoyed practicing co-ed because um you know you're out there with the guys doing the same workouts you're you know trying to hit the same same goals and as them and I think that within our team, there's a lot of respect. Um, and, uh, you know, there's been issues, I think, in the past and in certain teams too with, you know, the men kind of looking down upon the women and like, oh, they, you know, they aren't as successful. They don't deserve to be here. But thankfully, I don't see that as an issue on our team. Um, they're, they're very supportive and, and you know, the, the women, we, we hold ourselves up to. So it's not like, oh, we need all the, the men to do this for us all the time. But um, they definitely help to create an environment where we we can succeed and where we feel confident in our abilities. Um, so I'm I'm really proud to be a part of a team like that, um, where the men and women are so close and able to support each other and just want the best. Well, that was a great conclusion to this episode. I want to thank you both for taking the time to come and talk with us. Um, it was great to hear from your different experiences and your involvement in um, different groups like WACA and VIS. So thank you guys so much for your time. And we just want to give a shout out to listen to other episodes of AMPT, um, which cover stories of athletes with various diverse identities. So thanks so much. <laughs>